and we are live with the all gas no break sports show i am your co-host nick bavona and i am once again joined alongside andrew johnson and grayson sheepy g marino and guys another crazy week at college football to say the least a monster upset some big changes in the ap poll and you know we just have not had a bad week to say per least for this year's college football slate yeah, I agree. I mean, it's been a pretty good year of college football. Um, a little batshit crazy, to be honest. <laughs> teams that I thought were going to be very good teams have sputtered and uh, borderline fallen apart. Other teams have come out all guns blazing, honestly. If we're, you know, got top teams struggling. But, yeah, it's been a pretty good year so far. Yeah, I will say this has been one of the most hectic years in recent memory for college football. Uh, of the recent AP poll that was just released, and of course we're getting that later tonight. Uh, it's been absolutely crazy. You could probably make an argument if you take a look at the bottom half of the poll. So let's say thirteen through twenty-five, that would kind of look like the college basketball poll. You have teams like Kansas, I ranked Kentucky, Cincinnati. It's a little bit crazy on the thirteen to twenty-five. You have your traditionals. You, know, you have your Clemson, your Michigan State, Ohio State, Georgia, Alabama, in your top five. But the latter half of the poll has been absolutely crazy so far. And, I mean, we almost saw a lot of potential, you know, big bigger upsets with, like, Alabama and Missouri, which we'll touch upon a little bit later on the show. But really the biggest shocker of the week, and a game that got ugly to start and just got uglier as the game went on, was between Oklahoma and TCU. Now, going to last week, we are discussing who was the worst team in the Big 12 conference. I had mentioned TCU, and it was only based off the fact that, you know, they played three games, haven't really played big competition yet, so we didn't know what they were. Going into this game, Oklahoma highly ranked. They're sixth-ranked team in the country. They're, they, you know, they look like – oh, actually, no, I'm sorry. They weren't the sixth-ranked team in the country because they came mm-hmm. off the loss to Kansas State. Yep. So being as that may, they were 18th in the country, my mistake. They were 18th in the country going into this game, on the road, trying to get a bounce-back win. And they just fell out flat in this game to start off. They lost 27 points in the first quarter. I mean, that's just you're not that's just not something you can do, whether it's college or professional football. Like it's unbelievable how bad they played in this game, offensively and defensively. They lose this game by a final of 55 to 24. And not only did they lose this game, their starting quarterback Dylan Gabriel gets injured in the game. He gets a concussion. Very he's probably not going to play this weekend in the Red River rivalry against Texas. And, you know, in years past, that game meant a lot when it came to the Big 12 and just, you know, the college football landscape as it is. But now going into this game this week, both teams are unranked. It's really an unprecedented time in college football. But to say the least, TCU making a statement win here, maybe they are one of the best teams of the Big 12. Now, Nick, I'm going to have to disagree. This game is going to mean a lot for both Oklahoma and Texas, only because I heard that the loser has to stay in the Big 12. So both these teams <laughs> are going to want to win next week. Hey, what's they wrong are, with that? Well, they are go. They are both scheduled to go to the SEC. So we save their face from getting absolutely mollywopped every week in the SEC. That would be really good. And you know what? You make up a, a great point. Last week I said Texas wants to play big boy football for the SEC. Oklahoma is in that same position where they want to go make – a jump to the next level and play big boy football, and you're losing to TCU by 31 points. The game was over at halftime. Yeah. 
I don't know what these programs have in mind. If they go to the SEC, when the, I'm, sure, I'm sorry, when they go to the SEC, they're going to get absolutely stomped every week. You can't even have competitive games in the Big 12. You lost to Kansas State last week by a touchdown. Sure, you can have an off week, but this is inexcusable at this point. Is TC actually good, TCU actually good or is Oklahoma bad? I'm going to lean more towards Oklahoma is bad because who have they played so far this year besides the Big 12 opponents? They played UTEP, they played Kent State, and they played Nebraska. Nebraska is probably on par with the bottom feeders. They're certainly the, the bottom uh, in, in feeder in the Big 10. I would say they're probably very teams non-Power 5 conference that are way better than Nebraska. Yeah. I, I don't I think yeah, they I would I would take Appalachian State 10 times out of 10 100%. against Nebraska. Not I, I even a question. I don't even think they'd be middle of the pack in the AAC, to be honest with Same you. Same with Marshall. kind of embarrassing. Yeah. I'd probably take Marshall, too. But they, no, Oklahoma, at this point, has not played anyone. Uh. They're going to play Texas next week, who Texas had a good game against Alabama oh. on their resume. That's probably about it. Oh, they had a good game this week, too. We'll talk about that a little bit later. Yeah, we'll get into that in a little bit. But Oklahoma <laughs> yeah, last not looking good. About. Obviously, last week, you know, some people tried to make the argument that maybe Oklahoma could stay in the college football playoffs. They run the table. They're not going to make the college football playoffs in the next five years at this point. The way this well, program. you got to remember, they're still they're still in a. I I disagree with that. They're still in a rebuilding stage, and they Oklahoma always seems to get recruits, no matter who the coach is. Yeah. I know Lincoln Riley is a very good recruiter. I mean, now we'll have to see how they do at this current stage. Obviously, these back to back losses are not going to help per se, but I think the you know the factor that them them going into the SEC is going to help them still be able to recruit. Now, the moral of this game basically comes down to TCU's quarterback, Max Duggan, because let's just face facts, he torches Oklahoma defense, not only through the air, but on the ground. 300 yards passing, three touchdowns, ran for 116 and two touchdowns. Monster day for him. Five total touchdowns in this game alone. And he's a big reason why TCU won this game in the fashion that they did. And now we'll have to see how he does this upcoming weekend. We have a monster game between them and Kansas. Who would have thought that those two teams would be at the state that they're currently in, at the top of the Big 12, and having a game on primetime television? We'll get into that a little bit later on, but certainly a great start for the Horned Frogs and for Oklahoma, back-to-back losses. Got to have to see how where they go from here, but not a good start for the Sooners. I'm going to say this, though. I mean, looking over Max Duggan's stats this season, I mean, the guy's completing 74% of his passes. And he's 11 touchdowns and zero picks. <laughs> I mean, yeah, boy is snap. He doesn't have a hundred pass attempts yet. Like, and he's got, I mean, his yardage isn't great, but like 11 touchdowns on under a hundred pass attempts. I'll take that any day of the week for my quarterback. Yeah. TCU cannot, can definitely, you know, not, not going to complain with that when you're having great quarterback play. It's something that a lot of teams don't really necessarily have. Like some of the bigger name teams in college football, some teams don't really have that star quarterback that's going to lead them to you know conference championships or potential big name bowl games. And Duggan, if he keeps playing the way he does, TCU could be a sneaky team when it comes to the New Year Six Bowl. Could they? Dare I say, maybe make a push towards the football playoff? I they don't. Still gotta get through I, Oklahoma State. I doubt it, but I mean, <laughs> if they keep if they play the way they did this past Saturday, you never know. Uh, they still gotta get through OK State. <laughs> so speaking of sneaky wins and sneaky teams, Clemson beating NC State. 
talked about a potential big game. NC State, unfortunately, not being able to get the upset. I'm sure Wake Forest is very happy about that for in-state recruiting purposes. Nick, give me your analysis. Well, it was a slow game to start off. I mean, going into the half, Clemson was only up 13-10 to 10 as they got a late touchdown from DJ Ugalele. But this game came down to Clemson's defense, you know, just proving that they're one of the top defenses in the nation. Yes, they had that bad game last week against Wake Forest, but that's just more of a test to Wake Forest of how good their offense is. NC State just really did not have anything going in this game. Clemson gets a nice, you know, crucial win at home, 30-20 to 20 the final. Um, Clemson, you know, just seems like the team that, you know, they've seen like the team to beat throughout the past couple of years in the ACC. They've proven their dominance. They're trying to prove it again. I believe they're at that stage. And I talked about it with you, Johnson. You know, we looked at the AP poll. I was very shocked to see them not being the fourth-ranked team in the country over a team like Michigan, who has struggled the last couple of weeks. So I thought maybe we would see Clemson overtake them with the top 10 win at home. Didn't see that in the poll, but nonetheless, Clemson does get a big statement win at home against number 10, NC State. Yeah, I mean, NC State just wasn't able to run the ball this game, though, which was their biggest problem. Like, they were horrible. I mean, that that's a testament to the D-line of Clemson. and the, I mean, like, they had 34 yards on the ground as a team. Like, yeah. Oof. <laughs> now, Nick, I know you mentioned that you weren't surprised Clemson wasn't higher. I was surprised that Clemson wasn't top three or even top two, to be honest with you. Beating a top ten that. team. I, hold on. Hold on. I have re- reason for this. We have to talk. We're going to talk about this later with Georgia. Georgia, that was extremely, extremely scary what happened versus Mizzou. Yeah. And I'm surprised the committee didn't drop them down further. I would have swapped Clemson and Georgia, to be honest with you. I don't think I would dr- drop them down to down to five, per se, but I would definitely put Clemson at two and maybe Georgia at three. That's what I personally would have done. Uh, like I, you said, Michigan really sh- struggled. I mean, Iowa is one probably one of, if not the top defense in college football right now. Yes, their offense is hard, uh, to say the least, but... I would put uh, I would have put Clemson top three. I mean, they're kind of battle tested right now. They have big win. They have a big win over NC State, which is a top at the time was a top ten ranked opponent. They and w- NC State and Wake Forest also another great win because yeah, considering how was- Wake Forest had that big win against Florida State this weekend, it's again a good testament for you know this Clemson team. They have two big statement wins, and especially in in conference, nonetheless, it's certainly yeah. a good start for them. It's really great to have these games early on the season so you can find out what your team is made of. You don't want to go all year long just kind of cruising along and then, okay, now you're going to face some adversity in week 10 or week 11. If you lose now, it can kind of sink your playoff chances. You want to have these games now, get battle tested, see what you can get from your team, see what doesn't work. If you're not running the ball well, if you're not passing well, what can you do? See the different types of defenses you're going against, the different types of offenses. So, Right now, the last two weeks, Clemson is in a fantastic position. I think they can really make the college football playoffs, and I think they really should be considered right now. I think they should be top three over Georgia. I mean, I think so, too. I, I don't know about the top three over Georgia, you, but you I think— You can't put them over Georgia. I, I understand Georgia struggled against Missouri, but this is a team coming off a national championship. I will, I will say Georgia has struggled. They also struggled against Kent State, too. So they have had some—they haven't really played good again, since the the um, Oregon game, but yes. The real question is, though, are they playing down to their competition these last couple weeks? Hey, it's if they're possible. playing down— if they're playing I mean, down to their competition, they deserve to get dropped in the polls because of well, it. I you disagree with that. They're still winning games. 
Yes, but you're not winning games. You're winning games that you're supposed to be blowing these teams out. It would be like, okay. If Johnson, you, CSEC, not every game is going to be a blowout. No matter how bad that Missouri, Missouri is, should have not been matter. leading at all that it game. Do, it doesn't matter. And you're not going to like is, to hear this. With Alabama, at least Alabama, when they start getting fucked up by Arkansas, they responded. They said, okay, we're going to take fine. this away from you. Georgia did not have that fine. moment in that game. They did not have that killer instinct. Oh, I'm wounded. Let me just go into overdrive mode, work again, like an animal now, and get out of this. Georgia again, did not have I'm, that. Well, Georgia was dead on I'm arrival. not going to judge a team yet. First off, Georgia is still one of the best teams in the country. I'm not doubting that. I'm saying I would okay. temporarily drop them. But you can't. They have it. In reality, had they like – I don't think that – I mean, if you're going to jump – so wait, you would put Michigan above? I would put uh, Clemson. Oh, wait. wait. I would have but, I would have moved Clemson up to two. What would, would be what would, what would be your top four? Let me hear your would, top four. Yeah. I would have Alabama, Clemson, Georgia, and then I would have. You uh, can't Michigan. drop Clemson too. You but then you're gonna drop Georgia Ohio State. Two. Yeah, Ohio State played Rutgers. I'm not really gonna consider. But, but that you right can't. Now. It, but I'm saying it, you can't. You can't drop them for winning by 39 yeah. points. That's not okay. And then not their fault. They won't like, that much. If anything, like. I get moving Georgia down a spot. You can't move Georgia down two spots for the committee, winning a game. The committee did what was right. They put Alabama yeah. one and they put 100%. Georgia two. What my, what my saying was is that I thought Clemson should have been number four. four I agree with Michigan that. should have dropped the five because Michigan I, hasn't looked strong I actually the last think Michigan week. should have dropped the six, honestly. No, so you're no, going to drop no. Michigan. To over, put wait, over who, though? Okay, you can drop USC. No, you USC, 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 USC no. is also struggled. USC struggled one game against Oregon State, but they've been waxing everybody else. The Pac-12 is not a real real conference until until further notice. That is not a real conference. I don't care I what mean, goes on in that conference. I, I can't really say they've been really because you got to remember they they struggled with Stanford for a little bit. They were you know they held on to win that game. The Oregon I mean, State game that was very scary. They could have easily lost. And then you gotta remember Arizona State's also they're still reeling after firing that's Herm Edwards. Fun. So you're talking about I, a team that almost could have easily have lost to Maryland and could easily have lost to Iowa. And Iowa's offense is inept. I mean, no, like, Iowa I, has I disagree. The best but I don't. In the I don't think the. I'm not disagreeing. I, I'm saying I don't think Michigan should drop six. I'm saying they should have dropped the five. But what, what I'm saying is, if we're going to make the movement of Clemson up. I think Michigan should have got dropped. As they shouldn't. They should, yeah, yeah, but they, they shouldn't drop two spots for winning. For winning, that, but that, again, that's the, I mean, that doesn't. That's, that, that's fair. That's just not really. Like, like I said, the 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 main point of this is is that the football we shouldn't be going too much into the college football rankings as it is. Yeah, I mean, it is week poll. six. It's, it's an AP, AP poll. You know, these the the moral of the story is is that the committee is going to look at who are the best four teams are in the country. And they're going to look at Clemson with these two wins and say they have to be considered because they have two top, you know, wins over two ranked teams that are doing really good right now. Michigan right now, resume wise, doesn't have that yet. Now, yeah, as later on, they have a good chance. They'll have games against Penn State and Ohio State. So they'll definitely have those opportunities to get that resume built up. But as of right now, Michigan doesn't have the same resume as a Clemson. And the same would be said about USA. Hey, you know, argue that Georgia doesn't have the same resume as Clemson but- at that point. But at the same time, okay, Georgia's they, still number. Georgia is the number one the thing, team. The thing they have over the, like Michigan and USC is that they have a ranked win, and they did it. Not only did they win the game, they won by forty plus points. They, 
Yeah, Absolutely. that was also big week one in Oregon's. Okay, not but Oregon, Oregon's I, still a good team. Oregon's I, I, I get it. I Oregon's mean, the 12th team in the country right now. I get I mean, it. Like, it's, it's week one, but listen, you could easily have that rust that they're having right now in week one, and that could have cost them the game. They didn't show yeah. any rust in that game. They came out firing on all cylinders, which is why I think that right now they're just playing down to their competition. Well, let's I get, think right now they're just cruising. I think we should get into the really Georgia because it's you know we were talking about it for a little bit. Yes, Georgia did struggle to start off this game. You know they they dropped. You know they were down thirteen nothing at one point. You know we were wondering if Georgia even knew the game was going on for multiple points in this in this game. They you know go into the halftime trailing sixteen to six. Monster upset alert. I mean, kudos to Missouri holding what what is one of the best offenses in college football to six points at the half. A lot of missed opportunities for Georgia. You know, they kept driving down the field and having to settle for field goals in this game. And eventually, you know, in the fourth quarter, they finally get their first touchdown of the game. They're able to pull away just very late, getting a one-yard score from Dejon Edwards to win this game 26-22. It does get, you know, help them stay undefeated. They do fall in the polls, the number two in the country. But Georgia is still one of the teams to beat. But yes, not a good showing from the Bulldogs this week. They're just grateful to even be undefeated after a close win against Missouri. All I'm saying is you can't drop a team that just come off came off a national championship down the three. I don't care about what happened last year. I, I care still about do, what happened because this they year. brought back a I lot of players. I do not they live in the past. A, what you don't live in the past? Okay, yeah. We talk about the present right now. We're not talking about what happened last year, what happened that, five years ago. We're talking about what happened. It still this week. matters because if you look, hold on. So why was Georgia ranked number one in the nation going into the year? Why hey, would you say that? Oh, why would I say that? Well, last year they won national championship. Now there's been five weeks of data showing this is this is what the current landscape. They're still an like. national championship team. So then, wait, what would you say about Alabama then when they almost lost to Texas? Yeah, that but, was a tra- that was a tragedy. I want you can take a look at this podcast and say because they probably should have lost, and that would have been horrendous. I said it, Texas and, and really should have won that game if they did not lose that quarterback. And to be honest, Missouri, you could very much well say they should have won this game too. Georgia looked just looked very flat, okay. and Missouri wasn't able to you know keep you know their foot on the pedal. They had a ten point lead, were not able to keep increasing the lead. They let Georgia come back in this one. Yeah, so for, Johnson, 55, for 55 minutes, Missouri looked like the better team. Yeah. So, Johnson, going back to that Alabama game, so you would have dropped <clears throat> you would have dropped Alabama down? Yeah, I would have dropped Alabama down. You would have dropped them from two to three? Uh, I'd have to no, they, no, I'd have I don't think they were. They were, number two, they were number two when they played Texas. They were number two? I thought yeah. they was was the, no, Georgia was always Georgia has been number one up until this until week. Until this week, yeah. Who was number three that week? Uh, uh, Ohio State. The current, the only shakeup in the top four has been this week with Alabama being number one and Georgia being number two. Ohio State's been number three, Michigan's been number four. And the I, mean, Ohio State, I don't like Ohio State, but they've been rolling everyone. Rolling everyone? I mean, in reality, they had their big win against Toledo. Wolf. Big, big winning. I mean, yeah, you, yeah, they rolled to, Toledo. I'm not saying, okay, wow, they beat Toledo. Oh, wow, they beat Wisconsin. Who fucking fired their head coach? Uh, Nick and I had a lengthy discussion about this earlier. He did not deserve to get fired. I think Wisconsin made the it timing of it is very weird. The timing uh, of yeah. it's weird, but like he was not a good coach. No, that's okay, that's, that's, that's absolutely that's bullshit. not true. He's a great head well, coach. He was a very I, good head coach for Wisconsin. Oh, you have a guy. Wisconsin, okay, I'm gonna say this right now. 
Wisconsin, it is Wisconsin football. It is not Ohio State. It is not Clemson. It's not uh, Alabama. It's not Michigan. It is Wisconsin, all right? No matter what you do at that program until you have probably a decade of success, it's always not going to be the S-tier program, quote-unquote. So you get a fire guy that went 6-1 bowl games, pretty much on his worst year, went 8-4, and four, not counting the pandemic year. He's having a, a rocky start, not a really great start this year, and you can him. You're having guys winning. He's won, He's winning the Cotton Bowl. He's winning an Orange Bowl. Uh, I'm just saying of if you look at those years, yeah, he had his good years. I'm not going to say that. They're all but, good years. Like, no, hold on. What That 10 and 4 year, what, that 2019 year, hold on. They lost what in the Rose the, Bowl to Justin Herbert in Oregon. But what was the Big Ten that season? Are you really I mean, going to drag down the success based on the rest of the Big Ten? Am I not allowed to? I mean, so for seven, so for the last Minnesota, seven years, so Grace, oh, you have, have oh, a question for you oh, right now. What? If West Virginia had that exact same resume as Wisconsin did over those seven years, what would you be saying about West Virginia? I would actually be saying that's a success, but at the same time, I also wouldn't have been comfortable when in that season they beat Michigan, who's constantly a fake ass team. They beat Minnesota, who's constantly a, not a consistently good team. They lose to Ohio State twice. They lose to Illinois. Like, so you're uh, cherry picking the worst uh, season out of uh, out of. Well, you got to remember also, Wisconsin made the Big Ten title game that year. That's fine. They I, lost to a very good Ohio State team, and I'm okay with that. Uh, my point is, is that. If he was that good of that great of a coach, I think he's a good coach, but I think he's run stale there. Oh wow! So I, I'm sorry, winning uh winning bowl games is stale. Winning ten games a season is stale. I mean, if you're okay, wait, better head coach to replace if Wisconsin. Wait, on. If you're hold on, I'm gonna say this: if you're a Big Ten program, right? Is your goal every year to be like, oh, well, I won a bowl game? No, you want to win a fucking national championship. You also have to don't have to be delusional. Like you have to not be delusional too. If you're a Big Ten program, all right. Like in reality, if you're not Michigan, or Michigan's not, not that good. State, Michigan has been had one good season in the last ten years. Who's run the Big Ten? Ohio State, State. one and two. Like, who's been one and two the last ten years? I wouldn't say Michigan. Still, Michigan's constantly fucking. I, that's two or three. I, that's three or four. Yeah, even, some I, years. I would have to. I'm say, not it's Michigan. tough because you had years with Michigan. Iowa. You've had years with Penn State, Wisconsin, Iowa. Wisconsin, uh, Iowa, like, like here and there. Yeah, they, they, they've had their good years. I'm not Michigan saying they haven't. Been the same it's been Ohio. St- no. What do you mean? They haven't been the same since uh, the health and dusting scandal. Penn State. Yeah, they haven't been the same. <laughs> what do you mean? Oh, they were number five in the country when they had Saquon. Yeah, one off year. They no, they're, they're, as a whole, you're back, as an aggregate, no, you're as an aggregate. on Michigan's one good season, the one year you finally beat Ohio State. I mean, we're, this is really a discussion about Wisconsin right now, and how oh, 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 oh. we want to go into Michigan. We can but go just, pull up Michigan's record right now, too. My point is, is that I can't put Michigan as the second best team in that conference over the last ten years. I can't. I'm not going to do it. It's tough because there's been so many different teams throughout the past ten years that have been been contending with Ohio State. Yeah. It's not like 
it's one per se. I will agree. Michigan has been one of those teams, but we have seen got teams like, like I said, Michigan State, Penn State, Wisconsin, Iowa here and there. You know, there sometimes you see like a team like Minnesota. You know, we have that year where Purdue beat Ohio State. I mean, there's been certainly there's been years where, you know, the Big Ten has you know canceled each other out with one team being the other. But at the end of the day, Ohio State is the is the alpha male. We all know. 100%. The question really is who would be the number two. We don't know yet. Being just, that as it may, we did no, get – Actually, yeah. this is actually a great example, right? Michigan is a great example. So the last seven years at Michigan so – we'll just compare Michigan and Wisconsin the last seven years, right? They've mm-hmm. gone they've gone uh, five and one in bowl games. Not five wins, five losses, and only one win in a bowl game, right? They go 10-3, 8-5, 10-3, 9-4. The COVID year, I'm not going to count that. 12-2, and 5-0, and right? The last seven years. That is pretty much the exact same record at Wisconsin. Just they have more bowl game wins. I'd re- I'd re- I'd reckon to say Wisconsin and Michigan have been pretty similar the last seven years. Based off that, would you disagree? You're not. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. You know what? You know what? Here's what I'm gonna say. Here's what I'm gonna say about Wisconsin. Wisconsin was always a good team, right? The issue with Wisconsin has been they have never been never able to win. Game. Yes, they have not been able to win the big game. They have, you know, they tried to beat Ohio State in the in a couple of Big Ten championships, never got to that point. I remember that game against Saquon Barkley. They had a double-digit lead in the Big Ten championship. They were going to win, and Penn State came back to win the Big Ten championship. That was the year I thought Penn State should have made the college football playoff. That's besides the point. Wisconsin has always been that team has been great throughout the regular season, but when it comes to, you know, the conference championship week, they just seem things seem to fall like fall at their feet and they just cannot pick it up and, you know, run instead, away with the game. Instead of finding ways to win games, they find ways to lose games. And Paul Chris can easily be undefeated in his tenure. They lost by one point in that in that Rose Bowl 100%. game. But My, I I don't I, agree with the firing per se. I don't, I don't love the firing, but at the same time, I understand he's what been you're there saying. for so long, and in reality, he hasn't won anything yet. So you're just going to fire any head? So but then, what by that logic, so, so by that logic, point, all right, Grayson, so, I, I haven't axed the grind against Andy Reid. So you know what? No, 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 You would have canned him after seven years. I have, I have a no. I have a better, I have a better comparison. I have a better comparison because your comparison is not going to be good. Oh really? Because Andy Reid for the first ten years, no, no, We're not doing that. You can't compare the NFL to the college. Let me, let me, let me make the comparison I'm going to make. Jesus. How long has Mark Stewart been at Kentucky? Uh, Great question. Give me a second. Because I think if you're going to compare anyone to Paul Chris, I would say it'd be Mark Stoops. Uh, that's a very fair comparison. And the reason I say that is because he has been at Kentucky. I'm looking at it right now. He's uh, been there Kentucky since 2013. Seven years. So he's been at the same time with, at Kentucky as Paul Chris has, was at Wisconsin. 100%. Can you make the case that that he has done, you know, he's won a big game or here and there over a guy like Paul Chris in Wisconsin? I would say had Kentucky sputtered to start this season, you have to call for his head. You're kidding me. 
No, you do because your where was Kentucky? Not, where was Kentucky's not football before Mark Stoops? Tell me where it, it was doesn't before mean Mark Stoops. Johnson. It was Johnson. literally in the garbage, bro. Johnson. They're going two Johnson. and ten every year. Johnson, my point is, is that if by year five normally, if you don't see a big step forward, you're not even year three. You start to consider firing a coach, correct? They gave him five years. He proved. He proved. He had an okay season the next year. Then the co- then the COVID year happens. I can't count that. He has a good start to this season. But if they sputter to start the season, I, you have to consider firing the guy because that means he's not capable of being able to consistently fucking win. Paul Chris was, you know, a, a guy that coached at Pitt, Pitt too. Also, like he had. You know, some decent years with the Panthers, and he came into a Wisconsin team that at the time was still doing pretty good. I mean, they had some great years with Brett exactly. Bolima. Gary Anderson was was there the previous year before Paul Chris. So, yes, he was going into a nice winning environment to start off, but it's not that it's not as if Wisconsin fell off. They were still no, winning. They were still doing everything but, they needed to do to keep winning. Nick, my point is, is that he, like you just said, he walked into a pretty good program already. But I like, would venture to say he made them better than they were. Maybe. I mean, we don't know that yet. I mean, who that we'll thirteen see in who, one year in twenty seventeen? I mean, I, that would be if there is. That's still the end of that that's would the be end of year three. Yeah, so it's not even fully his recruits yet. I don't know. I, I don't agree with. I don't agree with the the decision. I don't at, think at look, all. I don't think it's a great decision. But I understand from a, from a program standpoint to where. You're starting. You start off a season with. I mean, I wouldn't say they had huge expectations. I think they were expected to still be a contending Better. team, and I still yeah. think they are. They finished nine to four last season. I still think you know they were going to be one of those teams that would be contending in the Big Ten to play for the Big Ten championship. And I still think they can, but I don't know how. I mean, I know what two starting conference play is not going to really help. But going no. into the season, I still think they were in that you know that scenario. I mean, I, I'm just. I, I'm going to say this. You beat Illinois State, whip-de-doo. You're expected to do that. You lose to Washington State at a close game. I mean, Washington State is still a decent team. You absolutely smoke New Mexico State, as you should. You lose by 31 to Ohio State, who you're supposed to. I understand you're not that good of a team. But, like, you still have to put up a little bit better of a fight. And then you lose. The issue with Wisconsin has been their quarterback play. They haven't had a quarterback in a while. But you lose, but you lose at home by 24 to uh, Illinois. Yeah, and I agree with you. The, the loss like, to Illinois is very un, you know, inexcusable. I you just ha- don't think it's you worth. You have to shake up. I think you could have probably waited to the end of the season. But yeah. at the same time, this is probably – they were just probably so aggravated at that loss. And they were probably pissed off at the way they got blown out by Ohio State. That they just said. I just, I just don't feel like it's right to fire him based off of two games this season. I understand maybe you're basing off the history and how you haven't been able to, to win the big one, but that could be said for so many college football coaches. Hundred oh, percent. Right that's why you bring up. Probably, Mark, that's why I bring up Mark Stoops. There are but probably I, fifty coaches right now in Power Five that are in the exact same situation right now. Yeah, and half. Over, are we going to just? What are we just going to play the infinite coaching carousel? I mean, they do basically. I mean, I'd probably say what you said fifty. At least fifteen of those coaches will be fired. (laughs) 
Well, the only reason I bring up Mark Stoops is because you know no, you gotta no, you gotta you gotta admire what he's done at Kentucky yeah, and the situation that they're currently again, in. He came. That was a totally different situation because he stepped into a program that was in the gutters. Yes, and he has made them. And he's made he them really good. A program that was still. I pretty mean, decent. listen. I said Kentucky's been doing a fantastic job this year, and. Probably not even five, ten minutes ago, you considering, oh, well, if Mark Stoops doesn't start before him, you have to start questioning his coaching. But really? you might have. I mean, well, you don't why? know that. When you start off two and ten before he gets there, and then he makes you into but a watchable Johnson, program with college game day. Okay, hold on. Wait. And you're getting all on, this wait, attention. Wait. That, but that's perfectly fine. That means now you upgrade to, let's say, a Georgia defensive coordinator. That's going to bring even more shit in. Like, it, it's how the college football layout works, Johnson. Nowadays, people don't keep their head coaches longer than, what, eight years, really? Unless you're, like, the top tier. Nick, is that fair? Is that a fair statement? That's uh, that's the reason why I was bringing up Mark Seuss, because I don't even know if I would venture to say Kentucky is that top tier. And he's been there exactly. for 10 years. But he's been there for 10 years. Exactly. But, but, again, he's, like, the anomaly of, like, he's been there a really long time. like. It's time for him to step up. And I have no beef with Mark Stoops. I, mean, I like my, I, I think Stoops has done a great job there. Yeah. I mean, they. And you can't compare what Stoops done and to what Chris has done. They're not comparable because Chris walked into a good program. Right, what's, your pro, what's your opinion on Jim Harbaugh then? I think Jim Harbaugh was a terrible fucking college football coach. I think he's better suited for the NFL. If, if we're being honest. Well, I mean, if that is my honest opinion, I think he's better off in the NFL. I mean, it's it's fair. He was he, he definitely got the raw end of the stick from the 49ers, but I mean, granted, I get. Oh wow, I mean, he's had to deal with Ohio State, but he's also lost a couple games that he should never have even lost. So here, here's my question to you, Ben. Here's my question to you, right, Michigan. He's been at Michigan probably about since 2015 now. He's been there about seven, eight years. They haven't even won the big one, right? They're just starting to break through the glass ceiling now, quote-unquote. Let's say Michigan right now, they went 12-2 and last year. Let's say Michigan ends up going, I don't know. Let's say they go 12-2 and this year. You fire him? You're t- I'm asking you. You don't think he's good, and I'm gonna ask if he goes twelve and two. If, it, 12, if he doesn't, make- you're not going to fire a coach until after a twelve and two season. Well, you just and said he's not that season- good, and he's not winning championships. It's been eight years. That's oh, kind of your criteria, God. buddy. It's a, Johnson. It's That's a your criteria. I'm giving you your criteria. He's Johnson, been there for spectrum. eight years. You. Uh, that is your criteria. What are you talking about Johnson. Okay, so what you want me to fire Nick Saban? No, it's a spectrum. It, well, to be fair, I don't think I, I can't remember about, the last time uh, Nick Stavis had a single digit uh win in his uh at Alabama. I don't think he's had a single digit win in Alabama probably about ten years. That's a lie. Single digit season win, I should say. Uh twenty sixteen was it? Uh no, it might have been fourteen. Twenty fourteen. But my point is at the end of the day, Johnson. And Alabama just a, at the uh, top tier program or was it twenty 20- was it 2012? Uh, Nick Saban, Time? the last time he's won single digits was 2007, which is his first year. No, there's no way. He didn't, 
No shot. I'm looking at it right now. Nick Saban has not won under single digits win this season since 2008. He's won 12 and 2, 14 and 0, 10 and 3, 12 and 1, 13 and 1, 11 and 2, 12 and 2, 14 1, 14 1, 13 1, 14 1, 11 and 2, 13 and okay. 0, 13 2, and 5 and 0. Okay. Oh, no, Nick Saban is not in this conversation. Nick Saban, Kirby Smart, like these guys are not in this conversation. I'm talking about guys that haven't even, like, Harbaugh took all this time to even get to the college football playoff. That's not good. Yeah, and I'm asking now that they're finally there. And he's, if he still can't do it this year, what do you do with him? You fire him? You give him another. Until he has a I mean, bad season, your... um, until he has a year where he doesn't get to the college football playoff, you keep him. I personally think that he should be gone. But the problem is, who takes over for him? That's a fair point. I'll give wow. you that argument. So who's going to take over at Wisconsin so, then now? I have, so I have what, a, what, what better head point, coach is there at Wisconsin? Wait, I, I, have a, I have a good comparison because you brought up Kirby Smart. Would you not venture to say Georgia was kind of the same way like Wisconsin was where they were a very good 100%. team? 100%. So then why is – But there's a difference so if, Kirby Smart won a national championship. Okay, that's, that's this is what I'm going to try to say. If he had not won the national championship, you would be saying the same thing about Kirby Smart right now. If he's eight years – how many years is Kirby he's Smart seven in? Years in. He's, he's seven years in. He's seven years in. You'd be saying the same thing if he didn't He's win that match. He's on the point if he might have to go. Ah. But it all, it's all a I'm spectrum. If, if, if not, yes, I got it. You know, it's a different case because he has a national championship, but I, I don't know. But it's all a spectrum at the end of the day. Like, first off, you can't compare a guy coaching at Georgia to a guy coaching at – his recruiting classes alone uh, no, will keep him what, hired. That's not that's – not, you're, you're, but Nick, what I'm saying is his recruiting classes alone will keep him hired. No, I know, but you're, you're taking the comparison in a different way. The, okay, comparis- the comparison that I'm making is that if not for uh, the he, national championship, he's in the same situation he, where he came, he took over a you know the, what was still a good team, and he you know made them you know he made them better, but he hasn't won the big one. That's what I was trying to get at. Uh, but he's also consistently been hanging around there. Which is also a different, a whole different animal, in my opinion. The guy's constantly been hanging around since he's gone there, too. Yeah, no, like I said, I'm not comparing the two. I mean, I'm hope. saying if he had not won the national championship, yeah. I think you would be, I think you would have the same I argument about 100%. I 100% would. I mean, if you look at uh, Chris' recruiting classes his last couple of years, like they have not been good. Like, I mean, yeah, it's not it's not easy to recruit in Wisconsin. It's not that's easy. All, that's fair, but like, I mean, early in the show, you talk people, about you can't punish people, success, you can't punish Georgia for dropping but, down, but you're gonna punt, fire a head coach for having success. Yes, makes no because sense because Georgia's a totally different fucking beast. It's a spectrum. I, I just don't agree with Wisconsin and how like, I, they're handling I don't, it Nick, because I hundred percent, I don't think it's a great decision, but at the same time. I, I'm saying I their expectations are out of proportion for what they might be. But are you an athletic director there? Do you have the conversations with him? I'm saying no. Most ADs are guarantees? out of touch dinosaurs. I don't know anything, so no, I'm not. Who, who is a Wisconsin AD? Probably I mean, an out can, of touch dinosaur. We can move on, but I mean, listen, uh, this is going to be like I don't want to say it's going to be like Notre Dame and Brian Kelly, but like. I mean, 
I think they're going to regret it. Not saying that Wisconsin's Notre Dame, but definitely not in the same, you know, spectrum or in the same. I think they'll regret era. letting him go. I, I don't think they're regret it. Just like Notre Dame's regretting letting Brian Kelly walk right now. He's I, doing I, I understand Chris could have won the big one, but he's still a very good coach, and I don't think he. Deserved. I don't think he's a bad coach. I think he's going. He's going to land on his feet with another pretty good program. I just think his time there had ran out. I think if you're going to let him go, yeah, like that. Wait till the end of the season. I agree with that. I hundred percent. I, I, I don't I think it was. I don't like firing a head coach midway through 100%. the season because it's just going to ruin the team camaraderie. Like I, I don't know. Maybe if there was you know issues within the Wisconsin football program where they yeah, had I mean, to fire him, I'm not sure if that was the case. I, I know. I don't know the exact reasoning I mean, he why. Resigned. I think if but, that was the case, like that's I, not I a resigned situation. But yeah, I just, I personally, I don't agree with firing him now but i understand wanting him gone to an extent a home loss to illinois when you're when your athletics department is expecting you to have a better season now, is an embarrassment okay now i'm gonna play this i'm gonna play devil's advocate right now uh what if i know you got one head coach at west virginia fired what if you fire oh. him what if you file what if you fire him all right uh-huh. And then five weeks later, Kansas is five and zero. Does your athletic program look stupid now? No, because I think, yeah, I think they do. There's look a stupid. history. Because what if there Illinois is a... actually good? What if Illinois is actually good but this year? A... But Illinois is not actually good. We don't know that yet. We're five weeks in. They're four and one. They've they've lost one game to Indiana by a field goal. We don't know that yet. Hold on, one second. Oh yeah, this is a good schedule. That's really what I'm going to be judging fucking Illinois on. Uh, my point, if West Virginia were to fu- there's different situations. You can't compare what my well, I feelings just on you. Neil Brown. I just ask you, if you fired Neil Brown after that Kansas I'd loss. Lo- I would have loved it because I wanted him fired anyway. And now Kansas is now ranked 19th of the country. How dumb does that athletic director look? No, it looks genius because the guy's been a top. He's been a good recruiter, but can't coach him in fucking games. You cannot compare a team that's had a losing record to a team that hasn't. A team with a winning record, and they start off a season like this with expectations, you have to make a decision. And the the AD made a decision. I don't agree with it, but there could be worse decisions made. Well, I'm going to try to, you know, get the conversation back at where we were trying to go earlier. We got a little bit sidetracked with the the whole conversation. So to kind of, you know, get things back on track, I want to go into a couple of games. Not going to go fully detailed. You guys can discuss, you know, decide what game you want to discuss. Uh, We had some big games this week between Ole Miss and Kentucky. Kentucky falling very, very late in the final score, 22 to 19. Oklahoma State went on the road to defeat Baylor by 11 points. We saw Mississippi State, you know, handle Texas A&M by 18. And we also had Alabama, you know, almost blowing a 28-point lead. And Arkansas coming back to make it a very, you know, close game. But at the end, Alabama did come back to win by 20-plus points. Did lose Bryce Young at the end of the day. Not sure if he's going to play this week. But based off of those games that we're looking upon, which uh, which game really stood out to you guys the most? Uh I'm going to say the Alabama game because their defense was absolutely getting torched 
uh, for a quarter and a half, and then they realized they were Alabama and put the, you know, they stopped the bleeding and their offense picked it up as well. I'm going to say that stands out because mm. uh, Alabama was f- felt endangered, felt like they were endangered, and they still ended up covering the spread. If you can uh, cover the spread in two quarters after, you know, Arkansas is no slouch of a team. I mean, they're not really that great off after the last two weeks. You have that heartbreaker versus Texas A&M. And now you have this where it looks like you have Alabama on the ropes and they absolutely kicked the living hell out of you in the second half of that game. I would say that Alabama game steps uh, stands out. I want to say that Ole Miss game stands out as well. Mainly because it's SEC and this actually has real No, they did, Grayson. It was 28-23. In the first half? Yes. No, that they didn't. They were Arkansas was losing in the first half. No, no, Arkansas started coming back in the second half in the, in the third quarter. It was quarter. in the third quarter. Third quarter is when it started. That's when Bryce Young went down and Moreau came, and Moreau still... came in um, for Alabama. Yeah, Alabama w- went up early 28 to 7. And then in that third quarter, you know, I, I don't want to say all hell broke loose, but all hell broke, uh, broke loose when Alabama loses the quarterback. But that defense. Kind of snapped out of it pretty quickly, and uh, yeah, I mean, scored three touchdowns in the fourth quarter. Agree with you there, but like, I, you can't say Arkansas had them on the ropes. I mean, I would say Alabama yeah. controlled. I mean, it was it was a five point game. It was a five point game, man. Alabama I mean, that's controlled definitely... this game until the third quarter. Yes, and, and then absolutely dominated. They won three out of the four quarters. I don't, I don't think that's having a team on the ropes. They I think had the ropes team... in the third quarter. Yeah, that's and then the fourth quarter, and then. Yeah. Uh, the f- what was like? Hold on, give me one second. I want to make sure I have my stats. Co- stats well, right. The moral of the story is Alabama wins this game due to the fact that they were able to run the football so very, very well. Not only with Jameer Gibbs, who ran for over two hundred yards and had two touchdowns, but Jalen Moreau, who came in for the injured Bryce Young, ran for over ninety yards and also had a touchdown. Alabama ran for three hundred seventeen yards as a team in this game. So certainly. Kudos to the Alabama Crimson Tide running attack. They were able to, you know, pick up the slack with Bryce Young's injury and were able to get the win. And now we'll see how they do this upcoming week against Texas A&M. But you're right. I mean, Alabama was cruising in this game up until the third quarter when Arkansas started to make that comeback. But Arkansas just could not, you know, stop the Alabama rushing attack. And then Alabama proceeds to have a five-play 75-yard drive for a touchdown, a one-play 72-yard drive for a touchdown. A two-play, seventy-five-yard driver and touchdown. I mean, like, it. This game got close because Alabama was like, "Oh, we can take off, take the gas off a little bit in the third, and then they're like, "Oh, yeah, we're Alabama." Like Johnson said, "We're Alabama," and then they ran the ball like fucking animals. I mean, the last uh, it was pretty much twenty-six unanswered points. That was the main issue. That was the main issue. It was pretty much 26 unanswered points until, uh, I should say, 23 unanswered points because Arkansas had that late field goal in the fourth quarter. And after that, it was just Alabama had to snap out of it. That's why what that's what made them great. But what I want the point I want to make here is that, that yes, their offense was going to sputter with their main quarterback out. That was expected, but that defense didn't suffer any, any injury. So for them to actually not get rattled at Arkansas, this wasn't in. Tuscaloosa. This was in. This was at Arkansas. They didn't get rattled. They kept their composure, and they said, "Okay, let's finally, you know, flip the switch and go out there and actually start winning this, uh, win this game." And 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 Alabama covered. 
Alabama covered on the road and pretty much in the fourth quarter. You love to somehow mention gambling at any point in your conversations. You know it's how funny. Impre- Nick, do you know how impressive that is? Because Alabama's no, like I, I just I, point favorites. No, and still, the game was a five point score. No, I, I know, I know. You, you just love to somehow in like insert like a certain gambling stat if you could. Listen, I don't know too many other te- I don't know too many other teams that could cover like that, but any team that can cover like that, that's the uh that's pretty and good. There's you a know, reason why they moved up to number one in the country. That, that you, I mean, you know what they say. They say good teams win, but great teams cover. I hate you. <laughs> Speaking mm-hmm. of um, you know, good two good teams. I mean, they had that old Messi Kentucky game. I want to touch upon that game for a little bit. I mean, a matchup between two top teams in the SEC. Kentucky, you know, ha- had an injury scare at one point where Will Levis, you know, dislocated his finger. It looked like maybe he was not going to be able to play this game at a point. He did stay in the game, thankfully. And, you know, not only thankfully for Kentucky, but thankful for some NFL scouts that were at this game looking upon Will Levis because, you know, there's starting to be some rumors that he might be the second best quarterback, you know, going into this, this upcoming NFL draft. So teams really don't want to see an injury like that happen to him, but not necessarily did not hurt him in a, in a case when it came to his stats in this game. Did throw for 100, over 220 yards, two touchdowns. But Jackson Dart outdueling him in this game. And, you know, also had a great game from Quinshawn uh, Judkins. He had over 100 yards rushing and a touchdown. Ole Miss gets a nice defensive stop towards the end in which they force a fumble, backed up into their own territory. And they get a big, impressive win at home, 22-19. to They now go into the top 10 upcoming. They're number nine in the country. Kentucky does fall a couple spots to number 13 in the AP poll, but certainly not a bad showing from not from both of these teams. I mean, Lake Kiffin's Rebels, they looked pretty good offensively and defensively. Meanwhile, Kentucky didn't look too great on offense, but they still, you know, did what they needed to do to stay alive in this game. And they were up, you know, they had a chance to win at the end, but they just did not get the necessary blocking that they need. I'm going to say this. I don't want to say uh, Will Levis was outdueled. I think it was more on the ground game. Yeah, absolutely. I, yeah, I, I shouldn't have said it that way, but yeah, you're right. Absolutely a testament to the Ole Miss running attack. This is a game that Kentucky should have won easily. This is a game where Kentucky had control of the ball the vast majority of the time. I want to say Kentucky had the ball for about 36, 37 minutes, and Ole Miss had it for about 23 minutes, 24 minutes. If you're going to have an extra 12, 13 minutes on offense, you should have more than 19 points. Kentucky really wasn't efficient in actually converting their third downs, uh, really not going down the field. Uh, this is uh, the reason why Kentucky lost this game, I'm going to say, is because there's an away game. I mean, it was at Old Miss. They didn't have that hometown uh, or hometown advantage. The crowd was rocking in, uh, in the stadium, and, you know, it was a hostile environment. And this is a game that Kentucky, if they played at home, they w- should have won. But this is someone that Ole Miss can be a player in that West division. Yeah. I think Ole Miss can certainly pose a threat to a team like Alabama because, Alabama, you know, you would think of going into the season, that team would be Texas A&M. A&M has now looked strong to start the season. You got to believe Ole Miss is going to be, if there's going to be a team that is going to, you know, pose a huge threat to Alabama in the SEC West, it's probably going to be Ole Miss. doesn't really seem, you know, LSU is not really necessarily – up to that standard yet where they are in the Brian Kelly era. I think if there's going to be a team that gives Alabama the toughest time, it's going to be Ole Miss. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely going to be Ole Miss this year. That's right. 
Texas A&M looks like it was on. It was teetering with greatness last year. Had that big win versus Alabama. Had that big win versus Auburn at home. They fell apart at the end of the season. End up stumbling uh, to an eight-win season. They're looking strong to start off. I just didn't say looking strong. But they're perceived to be very strong this year. They stumbled against Appalachian, Appalachian State. They beat Miami. They beat Arkansas. Looks like, okay, maybe Texas A&M can be that number two team. But no, Texas A&M hasn't really stepped up to that occasion. Their offense has just looked very, very bad this season. That and defense has been, I don't want to say elite, but it's been very, very good. Until they get an offense that's also very, very good, they're going to be peddling mediocrity, unfortunately. Yeah, they they need to figure out the quarterback play because, I mean, it's just not a good scenario that they're currently in. And then, yes, you, they, as you said, it, they're, they're a good defense. They did give up a, a lot of points out this week against Mike Leach's Mississippi State Rebels. I mean... We know we oh excuse me the Bulldogs but we know the Bulldogs I mean we know that they're a high you know passing attack offense so the A and M knew what they were going to go into in this game and they just were not able to stop that passing attack from Will Ro- Will Rogers. No, they couldn't stop the passing attempt. I think if Texas A and M could figure out that quarterback play, like you said, Max Johnson looks like he's good sometimes, looks like he's not so good sometimes. They have a great five star prospect freshman, true freshman, waiting right now. We're going to see maybe he develops. Maybe he gets the starting uh, spot next year as a sophomore. Uh, depends on how he's going to progress. But uh, Texas A&M definitely needs to figure out that quarterback play if they want to be real contenders in the SEC going forward. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, there's two things I want to touch upon. And we'll get to Grayson's, you know, beautiful team, as he puts it in a couple, in, you know, just a little bit. I want to talk about the AP poll that just came out very recently. You know, some big shakeups. We obviously talked about Alabama and Georgia now. The swap between them being one and two. Some other big shakeups. shakeups. We saw Oklahoma State now. They're number seven in the country after their impressive win on the road against Baylor. A, t- a double-digit win on the road. You never, especially against a ranked opponent, that's always looked upon well with the committee. So definitely a big statement with Oklahoma State. They look like maybe the team to beat in the Big 12, but we'll have to see. We've seen some emerging teams like TCU and Kansas. Maybe those are going to pose the threat to those Cowboys. Um as we touched upon, we saw Ole Miss now. They're into the top 10, now number 9 in the country after they went over Kentucky. We see now Penn State starting to move into the top 10. Pac-12 starting to get some you know competition as well. Utah and Oregon are on the outside looking in. Big jumps as well. We saw Wake Forest now into the top 15. A nice win on the road against Florida State, who was undefeated at the time. So a huge win for the Demon Deacons coming off that heartbreaking loss to Clemson. We see some new teams now. And a bunch of them now into the top 25 after last week. TCU, after that impressive win against Oklahoma, they're the 17th-ranked team in the country. UCLA, they're the 18th-ranked team in the country after a win over Washington. The Kansas Jayhawks are the 19th-ranked team in the country after a 5-0 and start. Who would have thought that TCU and Kansas, like I said earlier, would be going into a game this weekend where both teams are ranked and it's going to be on national television? It's certainly a weird time in college football. We have other teams joining the top 25. LSU now is in the top 25. They have a monster game this upcoming weekend with number eight, Tennessee. So I could be a posing threat for the Tennessee Volunteers as they try to prove that they're going to be in contention for the college football playoff. Cincinnati, you know, we saw them last year in the college football playoff. They're 24th in the country, 4-1 start for them. 23rd ranked team is Mississippi State. You know, big win over Texas A&M. We're starting to see the emergence of Will Rogers as a top quarterback in the nation. The Bulldogs looking very, very good to start off the season. They're also 4-1. 
And of course, Johnson, you know I was going to bring this up. My Syracuse Orange finally getting the recognition they deserve. They are finally ranked 22nd in the country, 5-0, and being the uh, Wagner Seahawks this week in a very ugly fashion, to say the least. The hometown favorites. Um, but Syracuse does have some upcoming, you know, tough competition. You know, they have two weeks to have to play NC State at home. That would be certainly a great game to see. But what is your biggest takeaway coming off that AP poll? Well, my biggest takeaway is uh, going to Kansas right now. Has been ranked in almost 15 years now. 19 in the country. And I really don't want to say this, but I think the fairy tale ends right now. If they don't beat TCU this week, I don't think they're winning until maybe November 12th. After TCU, they're at Oklahoma, at Baylor, and they're hosting Oklahoma State. That's a very, very tough stretch for them to go down. So if they don't beat TCU right now, I don't think them getting a win until early, uh, early November, but or I should say mid-November of Texas Tech. But I hope they prove me wrong. I want to see Kansas succeed, see a program that hasn't been very good in 15 years actually start to pick it up a little bit. And if they do beat TCU, they are bowl eligible this year. And I think just with an novelty, if they do and, get six wins this year, they're going to give them a bowl game. And I, I got to say, if they win this game, you might see them very, very close to being in the top 10. I think they would jump up six or seven spots if they were able to get a home win against another ranked opponent that's coming off a big blowout win against Oklahoma last week. It would certainly be very, you know, looked upon for Kansas to win this game at home on national television on ABC against a team like TCU coming off a big win against the Sooners. If they can get a win, you might see Kansas move up very, very high into the AP poll. I think they probably cap out at the top fifteen. I don't. I don't know if you could put them close. I mean, like, you never know. It, if we have upsets like we had this week, you never know. This past week, top ten of the top twenty-five lost, and it certainly wasn't the top five losing. It was all really between ten to twenty-five. No, so if that, I mean, repeats, that's if that repeats again this week, if you have three or four teams in the top fifteen lose again, and Kansas wins, they're gonna be in the top fifteen. No, it's a hundred percent. I mean, look. If I just I don't know about top fifteen. I think that's a little it's, steep. It depends on who wins and who loses. If we yeah, have a repeat yeah. of what happened last week, it's definitely going to happen. If they lose and this is all a relevant conversation, then they're not going to move up at all, and they probably drop out. I mean, we'll see. And I, mean, I think I, and I think we all agree that that game is going to be the game to look upon this upcoming weekend between those yeah, two teams um, because it's certainly a huge game in the Big Twelve with Kansas and TCU. Not many people thought they would be in this position. Now they're in this position. You know, we're looking to see maybe who's going to be that threat to Oklahoma State. It looks like they are the, you know, the top class of the Big 12 this up for this season. We're trying to see who's going to be that number two team potentially between these two teams. We'll probably find that out Saturday. But I would have to say that's probably the game of the week, in my opinion. If there was another game this upcoming weekend that I'm looking forward to, Probably looking at that Tennessee LSU game, I really feel as if this is a game where Tennessee could go on the road and lose. LSU is starting to pick up some momentum since that Florida State loss. You could very well see the Volunteers fall, especially on the road. Not an easy win at LSU. It certainly would be big for Brian Kelly's administration to get that big conference home win against a top 10 team. I actually think we're underselling this UCLA Utah game a little bit. No. Nope. No, thank you. Uh, Pac-12 is in real time. I, I am not a fan. Uh, UCLA, I, I understood why they got ranked, 
but I was never of the like the notion that Washington was a good team because yeah, they beat a really that. bad Michigan State team that was ranked at that time, which still boggles my mind they were ranked. Um, yeah, Washington, I don't trust. Utah, I I think them and Oregon are the top two teams in the Pac-12, other than US. Like I know USC is still there. I. I don't know. I'm only, I'm only saying They're definitely top one of the top, what, the two of the top three. If you're going to talk about, you know, Kansas or, uh, you know, TCU. Oh, sorry, thank you, TCU, going up. I mean UCLA. If they beat Utah, I mean, I mean, yeah, certainly they, they move can, up in the polls. Absolutely. Yeah, and then do I agree with know, it? No, because I don't believe in either of those teams. But you're right. If UCLA did beat Utah. Hundred percent, UCLA is going to move up. That's a big. If Utah wins, they're going to be in the top ten in the polls next week. Yeah, hundred percent. You're but right. I mean, you're, you're talking about. Do I, I mean, like UCLA, it? No. But... I mean, UCLA is still undefeated. I mean, <laughs> yeah, no, I I know that they their schedule hasn't been good. Yeah, by any means. I just I mean, having the Washington game was nice, but yeah. like, I, if they're able to beat Utah, I mean, with the rest of their schedule the way it's looking, I mean, they got Oregon next week on the road. Not gonna be an easy one. Uh, no, and, but then after that, you really don't have another test till USC at the end of the season. And that won't be easy either. No, but they are home, which I mean, I get UCLA home games. Yeah, really, I was gonna say UCLA. But, it's not like UCLA gets their fans to go to the games no, anyway. But they might for that game. If if you UCLA might see more, still, you might see more crimson red before the UCLA. Know, UC, I think if UCLA is still undefeated at that point. I don't know. Yeah, you'll see the bandwagon fans. That's about it. Yeah, exactly. But that's how you will in the majority of stadiums in, I'd say, about half the country. I, I will have to see. I mean, it's definitely a big game this, the, between those two teams of the Pac-12 especially. But there's some definitely huge upcoming games between that. You know, obviously that. You have the Red River rivalry between Oklahoma and Texas. I know both teams are not looking as great. But since I'm touching upon Texas, I need to end the show with – Texas <gasps> beating West Virginia. Johnson, uh, uh, this is no. beautiful. <laughs> Can I finally admit it? I'm going to admit it again, and I think Grayson needs to finally convince himself of this. Um, football team. West Virginia yeah, is the worst team in the Big 12. I don't want to hear anything else from you about it. Yeah, right now. Uh, no, I'm just in general. Agree with you. I still think this team has potential. I just uh, yeah, potential to miss a bowl game. Correct. Yeah, I mean, I'm. There's I'm, nothing more you I'd can say about this team. I'd be surprised. You tried telling me their defense was good. They've given up 148 points on the season. They have not been good. They've been terrible. You're not watching the games. Are you watching the games? Sadly. How are you? What in what way am I? Even if they, I don't watch the games, how is giving up 148 they, points on the front, season good? Their front seven has been really good. So their secondary is shit. They're young, but yeah, they're shit. So then that's all I need to hear. Yeah. Um, you could have a, a good front seven all you want. If you have no secondary, yeah. don't mean anything. Yeah, I, I was hoping. I'm gonna be honest. I was hoping the front seven would get. A little bit more pressure to the quarterback to help out the secondary. It and like, I'm, hasn't really happened. I'm looking um, at their remaining schedule. I don't like them in any of these games. Oh yeah, they're, they're, it's a goal. They might this win. Was, they might win one more game on the season. I don't I, I like would, them in anything. I would probably say their best bet to win our game is probably Iowa State. I was gonna say Texas Tech. I don't even like them on the road against Iowa State. I mean, I think by then Neil Brown's fired. 
I mean, you. I mean, I hope. You'd hope. Uh, look at this rate. I will say though, with this Texas game, I watched maybe about a uh, ten minutes of this game to start. Um, I was disgusted. I watched West Virginia go three, basically three and out without going giving the ball to probably our best player all season and CJ Donaldson who got injured. You know, it, it was a scary injury. Got card off the field. Like it was very scary as a West Virginia fan and just as a football fan in general. But the inability to give him the ball early in this game was kind of stupid. JT Daniels didn't look as on as on as he had the last couple yeah, weeks. From what I'm looking at the stats, he looked he he, he did not have a good game. I, I'm gonna be honest. This my this is his worst game as a Mountaineer. Yeah, uh, and it's not even close. No, but I I think I I don't I, think they. Were if ready. I'm you right now, you just wait till next season. There's there's no oh, reason yeah. to look upon I'm, anything at the, the rest no. of the year. What I'm looking for right now is. You're the, trying to even be eligible at this rate. They're not going to be. Which I don't uh, think they are going to be. No. And if they don't, and the university does not fire Neil Brown, which I was talking to a bunch of my friends, you know, we were talking about West Virginia is um cheap. And I don't, they flood a lot of money into uh, the practice facility and everything. So I think they're afraid to fire him and pay his buyout. Which is really fucking annoying. Um, because personally, I think he should have been fired after the Kansas game. Even though Kansas has been good this year, I just that's an embarrassment to me. You're up by 21 points and then blow it. Like that's a fireable offense. And then delay another goose egg. Like. Uh, <sighs> It's frustrating, man. Watching this team, they have a ton of potential. And this is probably going to sound very biased. I think JT Daniels is a good quarterback. I think CJ Donaldson has potential to be a really, really good running back. The receivers have a ton of length and speed and talent. It comes down to right now our secondary has been really bad. But, like, they're young. They're recruiting classes the last three years, which is the only thing that keeps Neil Neil Brown employed at, at West Virginia is it, his recruiting classes. The guy consistently puts together a good class, but his problem comes down to coaching. He's just not a good coach at this level. I think he's a good coach at, you know, the group of five stage. Yeah, sure. I I think he's got a lot of potential to be a consistently good coach at that level. I just don't think this is the right spot for him. And it's sad because with the way he recruits for a state like West Virginia, is huge. But if you're not going to be able to coach a game, it means nothing at the end of the day. So, uh, I don't know. <laughs> it's just... It's aggravating, man, if I'm being honest. It's really aggravating. It's just... 
all the potential in the world. You had Pitt on the ropes at one point. You find you, his terrible p- coaching decision blows him back. Man, in. it's as if the it's as if they had the game go right through their hands. Yeah, it, I, and it, it, I just, I can't. I, I don't even want to talk about them anymore. It's just, it's just frustration. It, that's all it is at this rate. Like. Well, the only beautiful thing about West Virginia is that we get to hear all this talk about how they have this potential and, consistently and they keep consistently are well, absolute crap. The, but this I is what I want to say. This is literally like the definition of West Virginia athletics is every year the teams are good or have a ton of potential and just find ways to lose. I mean, going back to even Dana Holgerson with Will Greer. <laughs> that was a really good team. <laughs> and find a way to lose a game to fucking Iowa State. Man, I can't wait for college basketball season when you have to deal oh. with them again. <laughs> hey, hey, rem- hey! remind me, what happened um, the last time Syracuse played West Virginia in uh, college basketball? Yeah. Fucking goddamn Bayhawk. Hey, hey, Johnson, do you remember? Uh, I'm not really sure, Nick. You got to remind uh, me. Oh, there, there's a certain uh, dude by the name of Buddy Beheim. Um, ah, yes. You know yeah. Jim Beheim's son. I mean, you shoot the lights out. Apparently, ah, just it, nice. That was nice win. That was one of the most incredible shooting performances I have ever seen. All I'm gonna say is Jim Beheim can't recruit, and that's why he had to have more kids to play for him. <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> Give, recruit all the Bayheims. Screw it. Yeah, it's it's nuts, man. It, but I mean, it's pain. I'm gonna say this. it has been pain and suffering for me the last couple of years. Well, certainly hasn't been pain and suffering for most of us watching West Virginia, to say the least. But we'll have to see how they finish up the rest of the season. But I think that's gonna do it for our first part of the show today. As you know, we went into college football a crazy week, to say the least. Some wild games. Some huge upcoming games and obviously we talked a little bit about the Paul Chris firing and what went down with that but make sure to tune on into the second part of our conversation as we'll once again be discussing another crazy week in the NFL first London game underway a big injury concerned with two attack of Iloa and we you know we saw another great day for New York sports football all three teams once again winning on the same day again we'll get a little bit more into that conversation with part two I am once again one of your co-hosts, Nick Bavona, joined alongside Andrew Johnson and Grayson Sheepy G and Marino. Make sure to tune on in.